if you can tell by how many moves I had in my adult life, um, you might be able to tell that I lived in a lot of chaos for a really long time. I had some really good experiences when I was in Melbourne, but a lot of instability, a ton of chaos, a lot of ups and downs. It was very tumultuous for me in a lot of ways. And when I decided to stop doing that to my life and to give myself some some balance, I, I realized that for me, that would also be taking a break from relationships because in the past I've tended to kind of get lost in my relationships to get very caught up in the romance and when I moved to Denver I really just wanted to focus on building a building a stable life for myself and that's that's what I've done. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts and moving on. I'm Claire and I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome everyone to this week's episode. Today we're doing a get to know you episode. We personally enjoy it when podcasts we've like listened to all the time do this, um, where we get to learn a little bit more about the hosts. So we're hoping that you'll enjoy this too. And uh, hopefully we're not too full of ourselves to believe that. <laughs> but if you aren't interested in a more laid back episode where we're basically talking about ourselves. Um, well, then, we thought it would be a fun yeah. holiday thing to do as well. Something kind of light. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So this is more of a Sometimes we throw in episodes that are more like entertaining, get your mind off of things. Yeah. This is one of those. Mm-hmm. And we've been now dropping episodes coming up a year. And so it might be fun to let everyone know a little bit more about us, other than the fact that we're breakup coaches and that we've been through some crazy breakups. <laughs> there's, there's more to yeah. this. <laughs> there's more to it. I love that. (laughs) Um, If one of us particularly sparks your interest and you like to work with us to beat your breakup, hit us up on Instagram. And just so everyone knows, closer to the end of December, closer to the, you know, the holiday, we'll be doing a 12 day series that is designed to help anyone who is struggling this time of year, especially if this is your first breakup or if this is your first holiday season after your breakup. Yeah. So stay tuned yeah. for that. So stay tuned for that. We're not sure exactly what we're calling it yet, but we are we are working on that series. Uh so yeah, if you liked our no contact series, yep. um definitely you're gonna like this one. And if you haven't heard about our no contact series, scroll back. We have 10 days of advice, affirmation, and just like really short quick reminders that you can use on the daily to help you get through your first or just another 10 days of no contact join the 10 day no contact challenge it is there for you whenever you need uh help going no contact yeah yeah check it out Awesome. So shall we get into it? Yes. So we have questions for each other. We have questions that our audience has sent us and we have, you know, general things that we wanted to talk about and that we thought were interesting. So let's dive in. First of all, 
let's talk about our astrological signs. <laughs> yeah, because it's like before we dive deeper, right? Isn't it good to just like give everyone basically the keys to our personalities? <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, so I have so many friends who are into astrology and because I'm really into witchy things, I'm around it a lot, but I don't know that much about it. It's not my thing, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. But I know, I mean, I think that you are pretty interested in it, right, Claire? Yeah, I'm definitely no expert, but I am interested in it. And I just read your, because uh, Janice didn't know her rising and her moon sign yet. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh my God, things make so much sense. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so what is your sign, Claire? So I'm a sun sign Gemini. Okay. Moon is Aquarius and rising is Pisces so yeah I've got you know some some emotionality in there and Mm -hmm. some uh like Aquarius it's like you're you're a weirdo who doesn't fit in basically um I mean but you don't care about it honestly (laughs) and then Gemini so I'm like I'm like emotional with multiple personalities, basically. Okay. Um, if you're right. gonna like really, really dumb it down, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was born in early May, so that makes me a Taurus. And what I'm, I, I don't really know what this means, yeah. but I'm a ri- rising Sagittarius. Okay. And um, my sun is Moon. Okay, so that that's yeah. because that's when I was born. And, or, wait yeah your sun, sun is, is taurus, taurus. okay let's and your moon is aries. aries okay yeah so i'm rising sagittarius sun taurus moon aries yeah and so like your moon is like your internal like life mm-hmm. um and aries is like fiery um Ooh. and self-starter i think that's like the first of the zodiac so you're kind of like you begin things um and that's kind of like your internal life and then the rising is like how other people perceive you okay um and so like Sagittarius I don't know much about but I know it's like the explorer sign so you're kind of like you're going off on your own and I mean as people will learn about Janice (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) rings very true (laughs) I'm like see ya generations of Mormonism I'm out (laughs) exactly interesting yeah so if you're an astrology person now you know everything you need to know about us um yeah and I would love to hear from you if you know anything else about what this means for me because like I said I'm I'm not an expert in this area but I find it so interesting yeah and go ahead oh sorry No, no keep going I was just going to say what I find even more interesting is Myers-Briggs, yeah. which is something I know a little bit about. I would say it gets me fired up a little bit more than astrology. Maybe I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I love that mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs is so mind-blowingly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I mean, it's been floating around forever in my world, but mm-hmm. when I was living in Melbourne in the beginning, I was living with someone and she was she was a Myers-Briggs expert and she could guess people's um what do you call it? Sign? Type? Type? Yeah, like mm-hmm. the the acronym. 
Yes, she could guess it after knowing someone for a short amount of time. And it just blew my mind how spot on she always was. And of course, it describes, you know, mine describes me. So yeah, same. What is yours, Claire? What is your Myers-Briggs type? My Myers-Briggs. Um mine is INFP dash T. So um INFPs are energized by time alone, introverted. So that's the first letter. And then focus on ideas and concepts rather than facts and details, intuitive. Um, so that's the N. And then make decisions based on feelings and values rather than like facts and statistics would be the other way. <laughs> so that's me. So feeling. And then prefer to be spontaneous and flexible rather than planned and organized perceiving, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious because I like while we were doing this, I'm like, oh my God, we are like the perfect team because we like <laughs> fill in the gaps, you know? Um, true. So it's like the personality type is also called the healer because of their sympathetic idealism and gentle compassion for other people. Um, other nicknames are the thoughtful idealist or the mediator. So yeah, and I definitely that super rings true. Like I yes, can be it. extroverted, but I'm not gaining energy from mm-hmm. it. I'm spending mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Janice, you are. Yeah. I guess you could say I'm a little opposite in some ways. My Myers-Briggs yeah. type is ENFJ dot A. <laughs> so yeah. that means extroverted intuitive. ENFJ indicates a person who is energized by time spent with others, which is the extroverted part, the E part, who -hmm. focuses on ideas and concepts rather than facts and details, intuitive, and I definitely believe that about myself, (laughs) who makes decisions based on feelings and values, feeling, and who prefers to be planned and organized rather than spontaneous and flexible (laughs) judging. I'm so adventurous. So at first, um, you know, on the surface, that wouldn't make sense for me. But in actuality, a thousand percent, even though I'm adventurous, I plan everything. Everything's planned. (laughs) ENFJs are sometimes referred to as teacher personalities because of their interest in helping others develop and grow. Right. Yes. So I love that as a coach. Definitely. Yeah. So I think like we're similar in the like kind of wanting to help others aspect which the Mm -hmm. quiz like completely picks up on um and but then we kind of have a different method in doing it you know Mm -hmm. um yeah and I think on a podcast it's really helpful to have like teacher and healer like together and then you know it's it's also on like a business side of things it's very helpful for me to have someone making plans and giving structure (laughs) to (laughs) my like oh this feels good right now let's do this you know well that's also Um, helpful because running a podcast like this one there's always so much to do and it's nice to work with someone who's able to sometimes jump in last minute and do things which throws me off completely when I have to do something that's not on my on my list yeah (laughs) so I just I I mean my entire I just get just generally thrown off so it is a very 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 good combination I definitely love it also just having introverted and extroverted personalities is a good yeah. good match I think rather than yeah. us both coming on here and being uh, yeah. loud and <laughs> it, exactly <laughs> 
so that that's us i also think it's interesting that they're um perfect fits uh like they're yeah puzzle pieces yeah exactly two perfect puzzle pieces yeah yeah we match up where it counts and then we like balance each other in other places so it is a great um very true collaboration between the two of us um it's working so far yeah (laughs) (laughs) one year one year down yes pretty much in like a few weeks yeah um mm-hmm. all right so now like now you've got a general idea of the both of us we're going to kind of switch <laughs> off on questions that um you know it wouldn't make much sense for both of us to answer um so like mm-hmm. you know because we do come from different backgrounds and stuff Quite so different backgrounds yeah. which is another very interesting thing about us yeah so let's get one question out of the way a question that i have for claire that i know she's going to love oh, talking yes. about mm-hmm. so I don't know if anyone's picked up on this or not, but Claire's a cat person. <laughs> I mean, um, maybe there's been an episode where I haven't mentioned it, but <laughs> if you've mentioned it, it's kind of been in passing. But yeah, yeah. I don't think I mean, so this is a big part of your life. I know yeah, that. I'm so obsessed. can you tell us your who your cats are yes. and how they came into your family? Okay, so <laughs> this is my favorite thing to do. And just so you know, if you guys have cats or dogs, I am the person you can show a hundred pictures of them to because I'll do the same thing back to you. So I am perfectly okay with you bragging about your pets to me. I, I do not mind. Um, so on that note, let me brag about my pets. Um, so my cats, it's River, Trickle, and Delta. So they have a water theme. Oh, I actually <laughs> um, didn't pick up on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Delta had a little bit of a PR issue in 2021 with the Delta variant. Um, but I think we're getting past that now. Um, but yeah, so River was my first cat that I adopted. Um, when was They're that? all adopted. Uh, so I've had her about four years now. Um, and she was she's just a superstar so um i was working at an animal shelter at a time so this these three are a byproduct of that work environment (laughs) of seeing cats every day and eventually taking them home um so yeah so river she um at the time i was doing the social media for um the shelter so i like was in the like front office area and um, was getting ready to go take pictures of new animals who had just come in so we could pro- promote them. Um, and a lady came in with this kitten in um, her like carrier. Um, and she was talking to the girl at the front desk and was like, oh yeah, isn't she amazing? And she opened up the front and River was like there and she like struck a pose and like was like confident and everything. I think she was like three months old at the time. And I was like, wow, that's a great cat. And I'm like, she didn't seem upset. The person didn't seem upset. So I figured she was there for boarding because we did like people could keep their animals there. Um, temporarily so i'm like oh cute cat and so i went back to take pictures and then um one of our other employees came back with river in her little carrier to to take her into the intake area and i was like 
what are you serious and i i walked straight from the back to the shelter office and i'm like that's my cat <laughs> um <laughs> if it's meant to be it will be <laughs> so she spent a full like four hours at the shelter oh um, my god poor abused kitten um oh, she's not really behind abused. you um this is trickle behind okay. me um, um, and I must apologize because I like house it for Claire and I forgot, yeah. so I'm sorry, but no, it's okay. You know, I'm not a cat person, so Aww, it's all right. I, I, I will be enough cat person for both of us. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so River and her original original name was Rebel, which was very much more fitting because turned out she was um she was relinquished because she was terrifying their dog and their dog stopped eating because she was so pushy um well, that's interesting okay <laughs> yeah hmm. so she's also she's been on the dodo um there's like a viral video of her playing with um my old dog um so if you've seen river playing with this dog on the dodo then yeah anyway so yeah and then trickle she was just adorable and beautiful very loud and um yeah she just like she ended up coming home and then i was like okay two cats that's good enough like i will not be adopting a third cat that's mm -hmm. crazy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's crossing some type of line but yeah i'm like you're officially a cat lady <laughs> like, two cats hey. is normal three cats you're <laughs> you're a social deviant um <laughs> yeah and so um so delta is my third cat and she's like slightly cross-eyed and she's like there's maybe something's wrong with her. Um, she's got like no social skills. So the other two are kind of annoyed with her most of the time. Oh mm -hmm. my God, they're playing right now. They can feel the vibes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she actually, she um, was injured. And so she lived um, in my coworker's office for a while. Okay. Um, and someone else was going to adopt her and I visited her every break I had because uh, she was like so adorable and then it fell through with the other co-worker who was going to adopt her and she was going to go out onto the floor for the public and I was like I guess I have three cats now because yeah. I can't do it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah and I totally had that breakdown moment of being like bringing her home and they were all like hissing at each other <laughs> and I was like oh my god I'm gonna be single forever no one's gonna want <laughs> I'm now a cat lady like no one's gonna want to date me um yeah but fortunately that was not true that is that not fear. true that has not yeah. been a problem yeah. all right um and anyway. uh, this is a big part of your lifestyle yeah. would you say oh yeah so you know the cats are a huge part of my lifestyle like i just took up like i don't know how many minutes talking about them so i'm very sorry no no i but, mean it's i think it's interesting big part of your life so yeah. i i mean take take as long as you want what else do you want to tell us about yeah. <laughs> well i mean i just i guess something that's interesting about like growing up um because i'm gonna ask you about growing up um as my first question uh okay. and like how you grew up is that um my mom's a dog trainer so i always Ooh. grew up with dogs i never had cats mm -hmm. i always thought i was a dog person uh -huh. um but now i realize it's a false dichotomy you can be both um but sure. yeah so like that was a really 
um, that informs actually a lot of like my perspective on things because, um, you know, growing up like and knowing how to train animals and how to like read their body language and understand like positive reinforcement, it um it informs a, a lot of like my research on psychology and everything because i i have another lens i'm putting it through of just mm -hmm. like biology how organisms learn not just like humans um so that's that's a fun mm -hmm. like i guess extra tidbit um about me but yeah, a animal family yeah definitely <laughs> so but you had a different experience growing up um mm -hmm. i i'd love to like have you tell people about your experience growing up in like the would you call it the mormon culture i or... would call it the mormon okay. <laughs> culture okay yes. cool <laughs> a thousand percent um i mean when i mean to answer the question like what was it like growing up mormon it's i mean it was just my entire world it was yeah. and oh, man, i mean looking back i i now realize just how um different it was from how a lot of people around me grew up yeah. um, but i was raised i'm from arizona i was raised in mesa and then um and a smaller community which are both like very very heavily mormon and i would say as far as what it's like growing up mormon it's very regulated like everything is prescripted everything is set according to yeah. your religion absolutely um i would say i felt really controlled growing up i did not have really any non-mormon friends i went to a high school that was run by mormons and that was 95 percent oh mormon God. yes <sighs> Um, and it takes up a lot of your time as well. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would say I wasn't really involved in very many non-church activities. Mm -hmm. um, so, and even at the time, I felt very um, boxed in by yeah. it, for sure. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I was free to make a lot of my own decisions. And that was not really good for my, my personality type. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I left when I was 18, partially because of that. Yeah. And if, I mean, I'm going to ask you follow-up questions, but I just want to say <laughs> okay. if someone listening is like, oh my God, I need to know more. Janice uh, was a guest on um, Christina Carlson's podcast and mm -hmm. really talked about like your whole, I mean, obviously you can't do your whole history, but like it was very much really in depth and I like listening to it. I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Um, so yeah, yeah, if this is so, piquing your interest, go check out that. that yeah, I can link to it in the there. show notes because yeah. I mean, I there's many sides to growing up Mormon and leaving Mormonism. And so yeah. that episode was all about how I left the Mormon church, which yeah. is kind of a crazy, interesting story in and of it in and yeah. of itself um but this you know as far as growing up I mean I just I don't even know where to start <laughs> yeah. that's such a hard question for me to answer yeah I guess I mean one one thing that stands out to me is like 
you know, you're doing breakup coaching now. Mm -hmm. We've talked about things you want to do in the future and things you want to learn, um, like along like sexology type mm -hmm. yeah. track. And mm -hmm. that, you know, when you were in high school going to like a Mormon high school, like, yeah. do you have any idea <laughs> that this was in your future? I did not know that sexology was in my future. No, <laughs> I did not. I, I can safely say no. Um, I I, when I was in high school, I was extremely ambitious and I knew that I was going to go on to do something other than parenting, um, mm -hmm. which that is kind of the track for girls. It is, there's a very, very, very strong focus on, on homemaking and on being a mother and being a stay at home mom. And that's mm -hmm. really how they socialize girls and how they bring us up and the, it's the things that they teach us. Mm -hmm. And I always, always knew that I was not going to take that path. I thought at the time that I was going to get married and have kids. I yeah. also couldn't fathom leaving the church when I was in high school. That wasn't really a thought of mine mm -hmm. but I thought that I would either have a career first or have a career in conjunction with having kids mm -hmm. but I wanted to be an English uh, <laughs> professor or an actor um, I did I had no clue that I was going to go down down this path and mm -hmm. I mean that's partially because I was not exposed to much I mean I think yeah. I wanted to do teaching or acting because it's what I was around a lot. I w yeah. It was hard for me to see outside of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if I can really make a connection between my interest in sexology and being Mormon. I, if there is one, I haven't uncovered it yet. Um, mm -hmm. It is a very um, strict religion <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to sex. Yeah. Um, sex outside of marriage is, you know, forbidden. It's considered to be the worst thing that you can do, even, mm -hmm. you know, worse than committing other types of crimes. You, you know, there's, um, you know, eternal blessings that you can lose if you have sex outside of marriage. And um, so I'm, which I'm just bringing up just because it might be of interest to people that, you know, I came from that culture and yeah. now I'm very sex and positive. And you're very free in that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> am. Um, I, I mean, maybe it's because I was oppressed growing up or repressed growing up, but I, mm -hmm. I don't think so. I just know that when I got to college and when yeah. I left the church, when I started learning about these things, I was just immediately drawn to them. So yeah. I suppose it was always in me I just yeah. needed to find it yeah and like when um like how old were you when you left the church kind of officially was, or like yeah. semi-officially or however that's marked I was fairly young so um a lot of people have left the Mormon faith in the last five years or so. I was out like 15 years ago. So <laughs> I was quite early on in college. I probably did my resignation when I was 21 okay. or so or yeah. so. And that's because I went to a Mormon school for my first year and a half of college. And it was a, a huge disaster yeah. and so I was so like we laugh now but it was yeah it was not difficult. a happy time in my yeah. life at all it's it was one of the 
darkest times in my life probably Mm -hmm. and I you know kind of knew that I had to that I had to get out and I I just knew it wasn't it wasn't going to happen yeah and so I yeah I left left quite early on Mm -hmm. so then I got to go through most of college as a fresh non-Mormon which was extremely exciting to be in college you know around non-mormons for the first time learning all of these things about life and the world for the first time and also newly non-mormon I was it was just it was a very very exciting happy happy time for me so a question just occurred to me because Mm -hmm. I didn't like I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up, so I wouldn't get like a lot of references and stuff. Uh Did you have that same sort of experience where you're like, oh my God, I haven't watched this TV show that everyone else got to watch and you finally get to watch it or like the social aspect of like being um, around non-Mormons then in college? I actually wouldn't say that I relate to that oddly. Um, I would say that we also did not watch a lot of TV growing (laughs) up um, really like at all. It was, it was crazy strict. Like we, my parents wouldn't let us watch Friends. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) There was a gay character. Um, I mean, which it's just stupid. Is that like the worst? <laughs> that's like the least of I, like, it. Is such is a sexual the, that's show. That's the thing you chose. Um. <laughs> yes. So um, I also didn't watch a lot of that and um, pop culture stuff. Yeah. And also hardly any movies because we're really only allowed to watch PG movies. Occasionally PG thirteen. You know, like if uh-huh. you got permission. So I would say once I left. I was more just excited about doing all of that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, when I was when I was at the Mormon school, um, you know, sometimes I would stay up like almost all night watching TV. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, wow. Uh, <laughs> I was allowed to stay up late. I was allowed to watch TV, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, but I was. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, my roommates thought that I had like insomnia or something because I would stay yeah. up watching TV. Um, but I wouldn't say that I felt like I would. Um, I didn't. Um, get references and things like, okay. like that but I will okay. I will say that I enjoyed being of the world <laughs> very, yeah. very much wow I think mm. also I we have a really strict dress code as Mormons and you know growing up in Arizona I wasn't really allowed to wear shorts I wasn't allowed to wear tank tops which sounds like things. the worst thing in Arizona oh boy wearing <laughs> jeans all through the all through summer yeah <laughs> um, and so I think that was one thing that I loved and to this day wearing tank tops I just I can't get yeah, enough I of and I'm you know shoulder <laughs> yes they're just so so comfortable so yeah. it was a very very freeing experience and um yeah something that I look back on with uh, a lot of a lot of joy for sure it was hard as well um you know you give up quite a bit when you leave such a high demand religion and you know I still haven't gotten some of that that back but definitely was the right thing for me yeah no that's that's amazing and I'm yeah like knowing I mean there's a lot more details but guys like Janice is literally the strongest person ever like you've literally made your own way like since then and 
like we'll get into it now but you you you're not like skimping on life experiences like <laughs> no. i really uh yes when it comes that's a good way of putting it yes yeah, for sure like you've uh, you've lived <laughs> i have i got got yeah. there in the end a few bumps yeah. along the way for sure exactly. but yes got, yeah. got there in the end that's awesome Oh, thank you so much for asking me about that. I um, am still very interested in Mormon culture. I love talking about my experience. I love still, mm -hmm. you know, learning about my history and yeah, something I enjoy talking about. So thank you. Yeah. And it's a good perspective too. like just thinking about it. Like, I think if you have come from like a high demand religion um, and you're like working through breakup issues right now, like I think you'd be a great coach for someone who's like in that situation because like I've gone to church maybe twice in my life um, <laughs> and like <laughs> so I have no idea but Janice like does like you have like actual lived experience that's going to help you like um, be able to see like those specific struggles that perhaps someone could be like dealing with alongside their breakup that I might not even like know to think about. <laughs> like, I would love to speak with anyone who's leaving a high demand religion and certainly anyone who has left or planning on leaving Mormonism. I'd love, love to connect with you. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Up. So Claire, let's get back to you. <laughs> okay. If people knew that you are into cats, yeah. <laughs> they might not know that you're also a horse person. I'm a horse girl. It's so, such yeah. an interesting hobby. I really don't know very many equestrians. Yeah. So how it's... did you end up horseback riding? It doesn't even seem like um it's I mean, so you're from Santa Barbara originally. Uh, well, so I was in Santa Barbara for college. Um, oh, okay. and then afterwards. So I spent about eight years there. Okay. But I grew up um, in like suburban um, LA. So basically, how you got I lived horses? near the Kardashians. Okay, <laughs> <wanna> gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't in their neighborhood, but like that was that was kind of the thing. It was like one of those places where you have like very very wealthy people along with like normal people. <laughs> normal. Um, <laughs> All right. Like, so that was kind of like my high school experience was like you'd see a beat up Corolla parked next to a Maserati in the student parking lot. So mm -hmm. I had a very different experience, but I was very clueless. Um, I had no idea if people were like drinking and doing drugs in high school. Oh, and <laughs> no idea. I um, also didn't because I don't think people in my high school did that. <laughs> okay, so there you go. I mean, after the fact, like people definitely were like yeah I found out I'm mm -hmm. like oh things make so much sense now mm -hmm. um yeah so anyway so that's kind of that's that's just extraneous information but um I started horseback riding like six months old with oh. like a mommy and me class like my you know it was basically the the moms or the dads would take their little little kids and walk beside them on the horse and that's like, oh my God, I seriously, I, I mean, one possible path I could end up going down is doing um, equine assisted therapy because horses are incredible healers. 
um they're very like sensitive um and you can't fake things around horses um okay. so they're you know they're they're flight animals they're herd animals so everything about them is like sensing energy shifts in the people and other animals around them and mm -hmm. then like reacting off of that and so um that's just like it's such a huge part of like my history is like spending hours and hours at the barn like i'd literally get dropped off 8 a.m and picked up at 6 p.m and just really like ride like cool. six horses in the row wow. yeah i mean and it's, but this it's was just, was this a common thing where you lived because um, this is not so really. unique yeah there were a couple like really big barns that made it a lot easier because i didn't own a horse or anything so i would i was like the girl who would just like beg steal or borrow a horse um so you know um i'd be like oh you know a lot of people like schedules get busy and stuff and so horses need exercise and so i would like exercise their horses for them and stuff um but uh yeah so it wasn't like super common with all of my friends and okay. everything mm -hmm. um but like uh there were definitely lots of people my age at the barns it's just maybe like my school friends didn't get it uh -huh. or do it um but yeah like uh, horses are so big that like a lot of people are scared of them yeah but, is it hard um well i mean it's it's a workout for sure and okay. i think if you don't know what you're doing i think that learning curve might be hard but um like the thing is is that they're they're very honest if you figure out and you learn how to read horses and how to like communicate with them honestly it's super super safe because like nothing's gonna like sneak up on you you know like they're not gonna trick you or you know um yeah. and yeah i'd always like felt a lot safer like on a horse because like the horse doesn't want to fall over if it can help it you know whereas like on a bike it's like all up to me you know like yeah if i mess up we're done oh. <laughs> whereas like on a horse it's like the horse is like no let's not do that but okay. yeah so i i i love horses and like equine assisted therapy is like super interesting to me because um they pick up on emotions so much so like um basically what that means is that um, a therapist can take a client out into the pasture with a horse and talk about things that they're working through um and um that person um gets to learn about like how well they're like regulating their emotions by how the horse is acting around them because um, if you're faking it and you're really actually very angry inside mm -hmm. the horse is going to run away from you it's not going to want you to pet it um <laughs> but um yeah you kind of um oh yeah that's the other thing horseback riding um brought is that when shit is hitting the fan you have to keep calm because if you start, like, if your heart rate starts spiking and you start freaking out, the horse is gonna way more like lose their shit. Um, and so like my longtime best friend, um, who's actually in Denver as well, 
um, she is super into writing as well. And we talk about it all the time because we're like, has this impacted our, our, like the way we deal with stuff now? Because like hard conversations, stressful times at work, like traumatic events Mm -hmm. we're like cool as a cucumber and then like later that day we're like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah so yeah so it's very much like delayed processing which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on how you look at it but being raised that way where it's like keep calm don't freak out and you're like being yelled at not to yeah yeah right because you have to be calm to you probably saw your mom doing that while she was training pups yeah yeah interesting i'm gonna learn how to horseback ride over christmas oh my god yeah you'll have to tell me how to prep oh yeah oh my god i have so much advice for you okay Okay. yeah i'll i'll I'll, be continued yeah you'll be you'll be great you'll be great you'll love it and they're you know um i think you'll be in hands that are used to helping people like start so i think so i think so as well well that's so interesting um hopefully you can keep that going even though you know we're in well there's there's opportunities to to horseback ride in denver right oh definitely yeah i've just i mean i've been doing a lot of like 60 hour weeks yeah so doing some other stuff right <laughs> i'll get back other to things. it <laughs> um in fact there's a um some stables out on the way to parker that i drove past yeah. um last weekend and it seemed like those were for leisure purposes yeah yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah, I will be getting back into it. If you're in the Denver area and you know a good barn, like let me know because I will come. So fascinating. And, yeah. Um, awesome. So I hinted at this earlier, Janice. Okay. But how many places have you lived? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I I I mean I'd have where to have count you lived. Them. Okay. So um I love that this is so interesting to you. Um, it is. It, well, it's just, I think it's just because it's my life. I don't realize yeah. sometimes how insane it's been. Okay. So I'm an Arizona girl. That's where I yeah. was raised. And then after um, high school, I, I lived in Idaho for a little mm-hmm. while. And that was when I was going to BYU. And then I dropped out. <laughs> I was miserable <laughs> yeah, there. That. Um. Not, yeah, not for me. Okay. So then I went back to Arizona and uh, I went to ASU for college. And then I left Arizona and I lived in New York City for quite a while yeah, with my y'all. partner. And then when I got divorced, I made the mistake of going back West, (laughs) didn't want to live in Arizona anymore. And so then I tried California and that, so I did move there, but it was very short lived because it was also not, not for me. Yeah. Going from New York to, um, do you mind saying which city it is? I don't want to, I don't mind at all. I I don't mind at all. It was, so I I was living in Santa Cruz for a while and that's because I had always, go- I had traveled a lot to Santa Cruz. I had gone there for spring break a number of times. I, I absolutely love it. I uh, love Big Sur. I love the area. It's a fantastic place to vacation for sure. And this, I got, I was di- um, divorced when I was living in yeah. New York. And so I thought being in a sunny area and near the beach would, you know, like help me heal from that. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I don't know what I was thinking. It was very, very, <laughs> very misled decision. And yeah, I'm a city person. Just yeah, plain and simple. You are. So then I moved back to New York. <laughs> and then I uh, met my next partner. And then I moved from New York to Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah. And then we moved from Frankfurt to London. And that was also, that was very short lived because oh um, he, he, um, he was an alcoholic and he relapsed when we were in London. And so I left, um, escaped <laughs> London yeah. and stayed very short time in Arizona again. And then I moved from Arizona to Australia and I stayed in Australia for over five years. Wow. Um, and in the middle of that, I lived in Bali for four months. So I do consider myself having lived count. there yeah, yeah. For, I mean, for freaking months. Yeah. And then I moved from Melbourne to Denver. Damn. <laughs> so I have, I have um, hopped all over. I yeah. would say I probably wouldn't advise that as a lifestyle. I think that I... I probably gave up some opportunities and a bit of stability living that way. I got there in the end for sure. And yeah. obviously I had some very interesting experiences and um, traveling is still a passion of mine. Um, yeah. I, I would probably say to try and find a base. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I took the harder path Yeah, and it worked out for me, but wow. It was, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, yeah, sometimes the hardest things are the greatest teachers, but also, you know, if you could, I don't know, because I think there's like a romanticism of like this vagabond, like mm -hmm. laptop lifestyle, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, I just, I think that some of, I think for a little while after my divorce, I was just kind of lost and just yeah. didn't really know what to do with myself. And so I thought, you know, for instance, moving to California would somehow facilitate that. And it, it just didn't. It's not really how it works. I had a lot going for me when I was in New York. And I wish that I would have like realized that and just and appreciated it a little yeah. bit more. And then certainly I don't think that moving to another country to be with a man who is showing you all the red flags that you could possibly show a person is, is a good right. decision. I, you know, I, I don't think that I am grateful for that experience. Yes, it helped me learn a lot, but um, it's not something that I would do over for the lessons. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you were also a really were were you still are a very big traveler as well. Yes. Do you have like recommendations for our listeners? Like where where do you try to get people to visit if they haven't? That's you know? such a good question. Um, so yeah, I besides all of the places that I've lived, I've also traveled quite extensively, even more extensively mm -hmm. than that. Um and as far as where I would recommend people go, uh, I really, really still to this day love Big Sur. I think it's a breathtaking place to visit. So anyone in America, go there. I also, you know, even though been a world traveler, I still really recommend Sedona. And then as far as international travel, I think Bali is a great place to visit. I think, yeah. you know, it's very, very different. It's inexpensive. It's 
very interesting. There's lots to do. The food is great. So I would say, yes, uh, I go there and I, I love the Caribbean. I would say Jamaica is a great place to visit as well. Wow. That's awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh. We need so to too. have a, have a Bali retreat. You know um, what? It could be in the X-Files future. That would be cool. Wait, if, I would be If that would that. interest people, let us know. <laughs> because if it's of interest to people, you know, we might end up doing it. Yeah. But I, um, you know, someday would really like to hold retreats for, you know, recently divorced women. And maybe it could, maybe it'll be in Bali. Who knows? Yeah. Um, if you do travel to Bali, you're welcome to hit me up for suggestions and questions on planning your trip. Because yes, I lived there once for four months. And then a second time I spent six weeks there. So I definitely know yeah. the lay of the land. And I'm actually hoping to get back in 2022 for, for another visit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a quite a bit further now than it was from Australia. Cause I know it's like yeah. a, a really popular vacation spot for Australians because it's just like a quick hop over. It, everyone <laughs> goes there for the winter. I mean, it was extremely common. So many people would just, you know, pop over there. It's a oh three hour flight from Melbourne. Okay. Um, and so what that would make it 15 hours 12 hours from here but I I just I think it's worth it it's a very yeah. it's if just a fascinating place to be and like I said you can do it on a budget which I think is kind of cool that's the best yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. yeah I when um, I was over there the last time I was really broke I was there uh, waiting for my visa to get approved uh, so and still I had a very life-changing experience and so now I'd like to go back with cash in my wallet yeah. and you know enjoy it <laughs> even more <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing yeah, yeah. yep cool good question thank you so Claire would you like to get a little personal yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're a breakup podcast. We talk a lot about our breakups. We don't talk a lot about our current relationships. Yeah. And so I don't think that a lot of listeners know that you are in a relationship. I am. And it's a happy one. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> That'd be a little, a little crazy if you were on here um, talking about healthy relationships and you yeah. weren't in one, but I, I know your partner. I know that the two of you are very happy. What would you be comfortable sharing about your current relationship? Yeah. So, um, I think the, the thing I end up bringing up with like my current clients the most and seems mm -hmm. to be like the most topical is this idea of like, um, immediate spark because um with my current boyfriend so he's you know we've been dating a year and a half now Ooh, um yeah. serious it's uh, serious <laughs> um yeah so like i didn't have that like immediate spark with him i was very okay. much like hmm, like i could you know i i wasn't sure i knew him immediately that he was into me mm, I was, and I was just so like sweet. oh wow okay um, yeah. <laughs> you know? mm. and he kind of just like won me over by like consistently showing up as like a really good person that like I really like admired and respected and wanted to be around someone who like 
thought the way he thought and was the type of friend to his friends that he was and it just like very much came from like his who he is as a person and it was very much like okay i'll give it a chance even though there's not like this crazy like you know fireworks and stuff yeah. um mm-hmm. and those like grew over time mm-hmm. and like you know it's now that it's like a year and a half in it's like the chemistry is stronger than it's been with you know anyone yeah that's a good sign yeah. I mean really that's what you want is for things to grow not for it to be exactly. so such a whirlwind in the, ex- yeah. in the in the beginning that you can't sustain it and yeah. that you're being driven by just pure hormones and chemistry exactly rather yeah. than logic yeah because <laughs> you know? I've done that before and it's you know it it's different it either fades yeah and then you're left with oh I don't actually really like like who this person is mm-hmm. or it like literally combusts and yeah there's nothing like sustainable there mm-hmm. it's just a dumpster fire <laughs> yeah that's a really good point I mean I really want everyone to know I mean we do talk about this a lot you know don't go on just attraction alone yeah. and um you know I would say avoid the whirlwind experience and you know Claire is speaking from experience you know yeah w- would you refer to it as a slow burn it's definitely a slow burn yeah that's it's great. a slow burn and mm-hmm. just like yeah I think um I I think an important thing is that I like who I am with him um great. which is a really important thing that I want for everyone because mm-hmm. I think you can um th- that's that's a lot of what it's about you know mm-hmm. there's lots of people who are going to be like um a good fit for you and have the attraction and all of that and so like why not narrow it down by thinking about like do I like who I am with this person because every person's gonna bring out something different Mm -hmm. um in you what does he bring out in you that you like um (laughs) hot seat time I know there's so many things um I mean like he brings out like a gentler side of me I can be kind of um I don't know um I can be kind of like a perfectionist in some ways Mm -hmm. and like I can be judgmental of people and he's very much not like he sees you know he wants to believe that people are like better than their acting you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting so yeah he's a good guy I'm he has my approval so (laughs) people listening who are hearing that you guys have been together a year and a half would perhaps assume that the two of you live together and uh, something that I've often said to Claire about her relationship especially considering that she just moved to Denver and he was already living here yeah (laughs) I think that it's really great that you do not live together yeah and especially because the other relationships that you've talked about on the show you cohabitated with your partners right? yeah and quite early too in okay. the relationship and mm-hmm. so that was something that I'm I didn't want to do this time I feel Why like not? I finally um well because I you know I I lived alone after my breakup with my ex-fiance yeah and 
you know, at first it was like the worst thing ever. And then I really fell in love with it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I know the feeling. I love it. Yeah. And so, it, you know, I also like, I realized I was making that decision out of like convenience a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know what, like I, I'm not making decisions out of convenience anymore. You know, I can support myself. Um, I can have my own place, yes. I can do my own thing. And it was important for me to like have enough time and enjoy the time before living together. You know, um, like we definitely plan to in the future, mm -hmm. but like the timing has to be right with like, yeah. you know, contracts and everything, rental agreements, mm -hmm. but also like, once you're living together hopefully you don't stop you know so yeah. like let's enjoy the time yeah that, um, it's a huge decision um yeah. i you know i'm all for living together but yeah i i wish I, sometimes that people would maybe think it through just a little yeah. bit more <laughs> as someone whose it... life has been ruined by doing it yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah and just like set yourself up for success it's kind of like having I don't know. It's just having foresight and being like, okay, is this actually going to be making the relationship easy on the two of us? Because relationships aren't easy. Um, and so like, don't rush this decision. Don't do it just because like, I know during COVID, there were a lot of people who moved in together because it was like, you might not see them if you didn't um <laughs> you I, know? and so that's that's very difficult but like i don't know just giving you guys the space to like actually learn about each other before there's all this pressure i also think though that it's so 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 healthy to have separate lives and separate yeah. things and separate schedules and activities and you know sometimes when you live together i mean covid being the perfect perfect example yeah. you know people really really merge their lives yeah and uh, that that can actually um, hurt relationships yeah severely. and that was my that was my typical mojo i would yeah, just same. like become enmeshed yeah. with people and mm -hmm. um sometimes that wouldn't last very long because we were very different people and eventually i couldn't do it anymore yeah and like consciously mm -hmm. being like i'm not gonna do the same thing that i always do yeah. ever again mm -hmm. yeah in fact one <laughs> of our questions was if our past breakups affect our current relationships and you know you're you're the perfect example of it directly affecting yeah. the decisions that you made with yeah. this man yeah exactly past breakups definitely affected how i approached this um but also i think one of the questions we got too was um does being a breakup coach affect our relationship um or like i don't know uh maybe you could speak to dating i know you yeah. haven't been like mm -hmm. focusing on dating but you have right. been on some dates but yeah yeah. Well, do they find I mean, out you're a breakup coach? Does that intimidate? I people? would say that I'm I'm quite open about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think that though my more basic answer about how being a breakup coach affects my current relationships is that I decided to take a break from 
from relationships and kind of practice what I preach. And that is that I think that you should get really, really comfortable and stable in the relationship that you have with yourself first. And I've taken, taken time to do that. I'm new in Denver and I wanted, you know, uh, if you can tell by how many moves I had in my adult life, um, you might <laughs> be able to tell that I lived in a lot of chaos for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I had some really good experiences when I was in Melbourne, but a lot of instability, a ton of chaos, a lot of ups and downs. It was very tumultuous for me in a lot of ways. And when I decided to stop doing that to my life and to give myself some, some balance, I, I realized that for me, that would also be taking a break from relationships because in the past I've tended to kind of get lost in my relationships to get very caught up in the romance. And when I moved to Denver, I really just wanted to focus on building a, building a stable life for myself. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've done. I think that's amazing because I think that's where like people struggle is they're like, oh, it's like been so much chaos, so much chaos. Mm -hmm. And they don't see um, the fact that they actually have control over it. And that like a lot of times the chaos comes from um, our decisions, even if we feel like we have no choice. Yeah. so well, I yeah. took back that I, a lot of the chaos that I had when I was in Australia was because of, you know, not being a resident and having all of my, all of the big things in my life were kind of tied to other people, mm-hmm. you know, visas, um, housing, finances. Yeah. And I realized that I needed to only rely on myself for everything if I was if I was going to turn things around. And yeah. that would also mean not being in a relationship for a while. And that that's what I'm always telling people on the show. That's what I'm always telling my clients. And so, yes, I want to be the type of person who is an example to others and uh, especially as a breakup coach. (laughs) Yeah. Why did you choose Denver? Oh, that's a good question that I wasn't expecting. So um, I okay, I knew I was going to come back to America. I. Um, would have gone back to New York, to be honest. Um, however, that was very inaccessible to me. I moved back to the States on a very, on a, a very, very limited budget. I did not have a job lined up. So I was just going to be living off the savings that I had for a while. I thought that Denver was very affordable compared to other places that I might go to. I know yeah. that the weather is quite good here. It's in the Southwest, which I'm, you know, from Arizona. And so I, I knew culturally I would fit in here quite mm-hmm. well. Um, I do have a friend here that I stayed with for a month, but it, I, I mean, that didn't drive fully drive my decision yeah. to move here. I just thought that overall it, it ticked um, the most boxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, I, I started from scratch yeah. <laughs> really, but Denver is a good place to do that. Oh, also I had, I had visited here a few times and it's just an easy place to be, um, is how I would describe Denver. It's, it's very livable. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I would, um, will definitely never leave Denver. Um, yeah. I'm I mean, not sure. I'm very happy here. So yeah, yeah, I am very happy. I, don't know if it's cosmopolitan enough for me um but growing. right now it, oh, oh yeah um i'm just i'm just gonna keep writing it out right now i have no plans yeah. to move but i also am not like i i don't know for sure that i'm yeah 
permanent here but yeah who knows i do know that if i do move again it will be well thought out <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god i love it okay so we're gonna enter into the lightning rounds that are questions for like the two of us yeah if you could go back in time and talk to your 18 year old self and then talk to your 22 year old self yeah. so we got asked 22 specifically yeah so you're feeling 22. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, go ahead. Okay. So 18 year old self, I'd say it gets easier. That would be my big tip for her. Yeah. 22, year self, 22 year old self, I'd be like, stop only considering other people's decisions in your life path. Because um, the thing I was really freaking out about at the time was I can't be an English major because I'll never make any money um, and I'll just like live in poverty and never get a job. Um, <laughs> and so after years of trying to do any other major but English, I finally was like, fuck it. And I did my English major and mm -hmm. I am making money and I'm not living in poverty. So <laughs> I'd be mm -hmm. like, just do the thing you know you should do and yeah. you know so i had some good times along the way but those would be my my rapid fire answers okay so if i were to go back and talk to my 18 year old self i would say things are gonna get better for you yeah. and you're going to have an amazing life i was in a really dark place when i was 18 this is when i was going to byu i did not want to be there i felt like i had no say over anything that happened in my life yeah. i did not feel in control of my destiny I am feeling very emotional talking about it um, it was I was I was just in a bad place so I would have gone back and said you know hang in there you're gonna have a really cool life someday it's you know like it's not gonna always be like this don't worry yeah, yeah. and then I actually think I was in a pretty good place when I was 22 I was in enjoying college i was in a relationship i was really focused and i think what i would say to that person is um stay focused on your career like make your career priority like keep doing what you're doing now like you need to know yeah. how good at this is right now <laughs> and then i would also i would tell my 22 year old self also make being self-sufficient a, a, a priority because that was yeah. a hard ass lesson that I had to learn in my 30s <laughs> so Aww. I would have told my 22 year old self uh, that that's gonna come in handy girl so yeah, yeah exactly oh my gosh because like if you learn self-sufficiency what is the worst that can happen is that yeah. you end up having a partner that could support you but you are both doing yes, your right. own thing exactly. and you exactly. are together literally only because you like each other and mm -hmm. not because there's any sort of like um dependency or, yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, being self-sufficient and self-reliant is has led to all of the good things that I have in my life right now yeah all right let's do a couple more um, so this is a good question. Do you have any productivity tips? Claire and I both work from home. We both run a podcast. We both have activities. She has a relationship. How <laughs> do we make it all work? Claire, do you have any productivity tips? Yes. I'm trying to not like talk about ones that everyone talks about because there's like the Pomodoro method. That's a big one. Just look yeah, it up. That works. It works. Um, 
yeah, I personally, the best investment I ever made was a treadmill desk. Um, okay. I have ADHD, so that just like, I'm like locked in there and I have to focus and it's amazing. Hmm. Okay. Um, and it also, you know, helps with just like brain chemistry, staying focused with ADHD. So there's that. And then I really like this app called Forest. Um, I think it's like $2, but basically um, you uh start the timer and you can choose how long it is and while the timer goes a little tree grows in your forest and if you check your phone and leave the app um your tree dies and it's just there in your forest there's a dead tree and so it's very like emotionally driven which is great for me i'm like i can't kill this tree i can't check my phone right now oh my um, gosh how interesting <laughs> yeah so i love that i love that app um and also like know yourself and your own like productive times for me uh evening is actually a very productive time for me it is not for janice um, <laughs> i so... have a physical reaction i yeah. cannot just sit here and watch i'm sorry i'm shaking my head no you're like oh god <laughs> <laughs> i should just listen but yeah that yeah. i mean that's good um yeah listening to your own natural rhythms exactly yeah as much as you can i know like some people have work hours and things like that, but you know, um, if you are working on a side hustle or something alongside your, you know, nine to five or whatever, um, like you might not be someone who's in the 5am club, you know, doing your side hustle before work, mm -hmm. like maybe actually the evening is the best time for you. So just like, you don't have to take everyone's advice just because it's like the cool thing to do at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, a, a thousand percent. I think if you are someone who thinks they're more of a day person, I do think that trying to get everything done when it's light out and then stopping mm -hmm. when it's dark. I mean, unless you, you know, live in some area that it gets dark at three, like yeah. Oxford, where I, you know, where I was for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, I started doing the daylight hours when I was in college. And that is uh -huh. because I... Um, had a partner who I enjoyed spending my evenings with I always said you know like that time's for my man <laughs> and, <laughs> and it actually helped me to be very productive because I knew that I would have to get everything done uh, during the day and okay. so as a and as a college student you know I took a lot of classes I always got really good grades but it was because I um, I'm, I'm just very focused during the day. So yeah. if you think that might work for you, I would say, you know, challenge yourself to, to work within those hours. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what works for me. Yeah. Um, I also think a really organized morning routine helps to set Huge. a very good pace for the entire day. I would say that my morning routine is, is a habit. I might even say I'm a bit addicted to it. Yeah. So again, you're going to have to find what that means for you. But for the first hour, hour and a half, I focus on my routine and then I, that helps me be productive all day long. I keep a running to-do list of everything that I need need to do mm -hmm. but above that list and I always draw a cute little doily line <laughs> uh, curly cue and above that line I put the three things that I must do that day or that I are my top priorities yeah. just three just and then three. everything that's underneath the line are things that can possibly be done tomorrow or that I would like to get done yeah. or that I you know, kind of try and knock out in between. Yeah. And so 
when I do those things, I use my timer on my phone and I might just set a timer for seven minutes and, you know, knock out a bunch of emails or uh, pay a bill, yeah. uh, run an errand. Well, I don't run an errand in seven minutes, but um, so <laughs> I, yeah, I set my timer for things. Um, also, I might set a timer when I do the dishes so that I know I just have to spend, you know, five minutes yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. And I also keep a goal tracker that I use every single day going nice. on years now. Wow. And that has about 20 different things that I like to get done each day. i probably sound a oh bit God, I uh, neurotic, try that. but I uh, don't have it with me, but I can, I can send you a picture of it. So yeah. I, I create them every two weeks down one aisle. I have things like meditate. Um, I I'm a step counter. Um, so I put steps on it. Um, abs or abs and arms, you know, workout. Yeah. <laughs> um, arms look great by the reading. way. Thank you. <laughs> the zoom shoulders are wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's because of my goal tracker, uh, stretching, uh, things, things of that nature. And then mm-hmm. every day I cross off if I do it or not. And the goal would be to get to the end of the two weeks and have as many boxes blacked out as possible. I love that. <laughs> so I have done it without fail for a few years now. And that also just, I help, I feel like it helps me. It keeps me motivated to do the things that generally make me feel yeah. good, like stretching yeah. being the perfect example. If I didn't have a box to check, I feel like that would be very easy to let go. But yeah. I, I am a much happier person when I stretch every day. So. Yeah, I got to try that because I use a sauna for my whole life organization. Uh-huh. So literally everything goes through a sauna. But when I click the box, it goes away until the next day for the things that are daily tasks. So I don't get the satisfaction of seeing like a line of check marks of being like, yeah, it helps. consistent. And that seems, yeah, that's like, ooh, dopamine. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I will send you a picture. I'm surprised that I haven't already. Yeah. So, yep. So that those are the things that help me uh, keep, keep productive. And um, yeah. also this this thing that I'm saying about writing down all the things you have to do. Uh, I really mean everything, everything, <laughs> a perfect example <laughs> being that I was meant to do the description for today's episode and I didn't put it on the list oh. and I didn't do it. I did it late because oh, I, okay. um, I, oh, I, I've done it, you but did I did it, it, okay, I I'm did like, it late <laughs> uh, because I, for whatever reason, I hadn't, I hadn't written it down. And so, yeah. you know, little things like email this person, send this, um, I would yeah. say, make, make sure it's written down. That that's what helps me. Yeah. Oh, and then another thing that helps me stay productive, Google calendar. Oh, I yes. put as much as I possibly can oh, yeah. on my Google calendar. I look at it through the day. It helps me keep on track. I, um, yeah. I recommend yeah, Google for- Calendar is huge. Yeah, because I have like my reminders in there too. Because I also that's one thing where I stumble is I don't realize how much time my list is going to take. But if I'm putting it on the calendar, I can see like oh, like I this would be ludicrous to think I could get everything done. I'm actually going to have to schedule things out a few days. Yeah um because it's like not gonna fit um so that's huge but it's it's funny because google calendar does this little tally thing where it's like you spend an average of this many hours in meetings mine is always like five or six hours because everything's a reminder and it thinks i'm in meetings um the whole okay time. Huh. All right. I guess. Um, so I use my Google calendar a lot, a lot, but yeah. I guess I don't use that function. Cause yeah, I'm like looking, 
maybe it's just one of them because I have multiple Google accounts, but like my generic one isn't saying it. So I'm wondering what happened. But anyway, so we're, I mean, obviously obsessed with productivity. We could probably a little bit. I have to it. say, <laughs> I always, you know, refer to myself as as type A. And the, I mean, yeah. I really like being organized. I, yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, for me, discipline is like, is my freedom. There's something yeah. about having a look at your life that really, really works yeah. for me. And as someone with lots of projects, um, oh, yeah. I also like to get everything done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Um, I do work um, with some clients on productivity and, you know, organizing your morning yeah. routine and making your life, you know, like really work for you now that you're single again. Yeah. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. We had a ton of questions left, um, but we're running out of time. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll do this again. If you guys enjoy this episode and stuff, like maybe we'll try to prioritize it for like the next quarter. But if you didn't yeah. like it, we won't. <laughs> so. Well, so I, I will say for me, I have had a blast. I really, really enjoyed this. I could actually go for another half hour or longer. Yeah. Um, but um, so I would like to do it again but our, you know our priority is our listeners so you know let us know what you think yeah. let us know if you have follow-up questions for us uh, mm -hmm. come to the facebook group you know and maybe we can do a q a in there um so it's yeah. breakups broken hearts and moving on awesome. and yep yeah, as always if you want to work with one of us cool cats <laughs> hit us <laughs> up on instagram <laughs> Awesome. All yeah, right, bye. Fun. All right, bye. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> All righty. We will, we will well, talk to you later. All right, bye everyone. Thanks so we much. We love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.